Thanks for downloading a 3CR podcast. 3CR is an independent community radio station based in Melbourne, Australia. We need your financial support to keep going. Go to www.3cr.org.au for more information and to donate online. Now stay tuned for your 3CR podcast. Dirt Radio. Organic. Friends of the Earth. Activism. Underground. Political action. Necessary. Wind farms. Indigenous struggles. Land rights. Anti-nuclear. Nanotechnology. Climate change. Coal barons. Mining magnates. Activists. Educating. Communities. Transforming. Communities. Mobilising a sustainable planet. Get involved now. Friends of the Earth. Friends of the Earth. Friends of the Earth. Dirt Radio. Good morning and welcome to Dirt Radio. This is your host, Phil Evans here, coming at you live from the studios at 3CR. We're broadcasting from the unceded land of the Wurundjeri people in the Kulin Nation where sovereignty has never been ceded. We pay our respects to elders past and present and say a big hello and shout out to all First Nations people listening as we acknowledge the pivotal role that you play in environmental and social justice struggles. This is Dirt Radio, the show where we dig in deep and find out what's going on around at Friends of the Earth and in the wider grassroots activist community. Today on the show, we are going to look at a new report that suggests that Australia has become one of the world's best offshore wind assets. And in fact, there is enough of these assets to replace our ageing fleet of coal-fired power plants. Centred in this new opportunity is the Latrobe Valley, home of Victoria's remaining brown coal reserves and power generation. It's never been as simple as just switching off coal and switching on renewables. And today we'll be joined by Wendy Farmer and Pat Simons from Friends of the Earth's Yes to Renewables campaign to hear about some of the obstacles and some of the opportunities that wind-powered energy generation has for the community. Yes, it is the tale of two wind farm projects here on Dirt Radio today. We'll be back with that interview in just a moment. For now, let's hear a couple of community service announcements. You're on 3CR. Goongaroo Environment Centre is a grassroots community organisation campaigning for East Gippsland's precious forests. For over 15 years, we've been using direct action, citizen science and community engagement to stop the continued logging of precious native forests and threatened species habitat. After this summer's terrible bushfires, there's an even greater urgency to protect what remains, and the Victorian government haven't ruled out plans to log the small fragments of unburnt forests and so-called salvage log in burnt areas. It's now so important that forests and wildlife are protected so they can recover. Head to gecko.org.au to keep updated with the latest news and to get involved. Gecko acknowledges the logging is happening on the stolen lands of the Gunnakurnai and Bidwell and Monaro people and that sovereignty was never ceded. A 3CR supporter. Common Social Change Library is an online collection of educational resources for those campaigning for social change. It collects, curates and distributes the key lessons and resources of progressive movements around Australia and across the globe. The library includes over 500 resources covering campaign strategy, community organising, activist history, digital campaigning, diversity and inclusion and much, much more. It's free to access the library, so check out the collection at www.commonslibrary.org. Common Social Change Library is a 3CR supporter. 
You are listening to 3CR Dirt Radio. This is Phil Evans here, Friends of the Earth show, talking about a tale of two wind farms today. Um, I have joining me on the phone uh, Pat Simons, who is the Yes to Renewables Coordinator at Friends of the Earth. I was trying to get a hold of Wendy Farmer, who is also a part of that campaign, but we'll try to get her on the phone in just a little bit for now. Pat, how are you going? Are you Morning, there? Phil. Great to have you on the show. Good to be back. Been a while. <laughs> it has been a while indeed. I mean, can't wait to actually have you in the studio. Hopefully we get some good news at midday at that restrictions announcement. Um, renewable energy really has the potential to change the way we think about the Latrobe Valley and electricity in general. And there was a new report released by the Blue Economy Cooperative saying that the wind conditions offshore of Australia rival those anywhere in the world, really. Um, just how big is the potential for the offshore wind industry in Australia? Yeah, good question. So, um, yeah, the CSIRO released this big report last week and um, it was really interesting because it, it was um, partly funded and backed by a number of unions. Um, and that report found that, yeah, Australia's wind resource, um, offshore wind resource is really significant uh, comparable to um, countries in, in Europe um, as well as the US where, you know, offshore wind is starting to take off. And, um, yeah, they found that we could build um, around 35 gigawatts of offshore wind projects around the country, uh, which is a, an absurdly large amount of, of electricity generation. We, we probably don't need to build that much, to be honest. <laughs> but it just demonstrates that there is that potential there to um, to use this technology. And an important aspect of it was looking at uh, particular regions uh, around port infrastructure and where there's existing transmission infrastructure. So um, really trying to site new renewable energy projects uh, to make use of existing infrastructure and also to create those alternative job opportunities for workers in you know, the coal or um, offshore oil and gas industries. So that, those are really like the key findings um, of, mm. of this pretty major report. And it's pretty exciting because, you know, if we narrow into Victoria, in particular in the report, mentions um, the area offshore from Gippsland. And I know um, Friends of the Earth, um, in conjunction with unions, have been working for some time to get the Star of the South uh, energy project up, which is a huge offshore wind farm project. And that really does mean um, jobs in the valley. And I imagine uh, people living in that area have a, uh, like most of us around the planet at the moment, have a lack of certainty um, looking into the future. Um, how is the Gippsland community reacting to the prospect of an offshore wind industry? Yeah, that's a good question. So um, I guess there's different different responses in, in different areas because the so in the Latrobe Valley we've obviously got the likely closure of the Yalorn coal fired power station by twenty twenty eight at least. Um, so there is that element of well we've had one co recent coal closure, there's probably gonna be another one soon. What's the future of the energy system and the future source of jobs in this area going to be? And then in addition to the, the sort of coal power industry in the Latrobe Valley, there's also the, the offshore oil and gas industry in the Bass Strait, 
uh, with, which is, you know, over time will begin to wind, is beginning to wind down. And so, um, you know, particularly unions, but the broader community as well is, is looking around at like what are the future economic, economic opportunities for, for this region. And um, offshore wind is one of them and is one that, you know, can obviously help um, reduce greenhouse gas, gas emissions, which is good for climate, climate change. But with this particular project, it's, yeah, but the general feeling in, in my experience of um, travelling through the region is that, is that people are really excited um, about the opportunity and that people, people, particularly in the Valley, like there has been a bit of hesitancy around, um, you know, what renewable energy can offer because people are so have become quite used to seeing the coal power stations and that's what power generation is, these single big large generators, whereas renewable energy is a, it's a paradigm shift where we have a number of small wind and solar generators like throughout the landscape. Um, so there is a bit of a change in attitude that's coming with that, but I think that people see the Star of the South as, as a bit of a landmark project, a bit of a flagship project for the region that could really put Dixland on the map. Um, and really offers a, a very significant new source of job creation and would maintain that sort of tradition of Gippsland being like the, the power producer for the state. So, yeah, the, the general attitude is, is pretty positive and I think that in part reflects that there's been a lot of work done to, to engage with all different sections of the community and different and different stakeholders and like making sure and you know even with us like it's a very large project and um, it's obviously going to be great for cutting emissions but you know we we want to see it done well and um, you know it really needs to be constructed in a way that absolutely minimizes any any impact on marine marine ecosystems or um, so there's important choices to be made in the design of the project um, so that, um, you know, it doesn't have any unnecessary impact on the environment. Absolutely. And, uh, I mean, uh, regular listeners would know a few weeks ago I um, was talking to Cam Walker from Friends of the Earth about the lifting of the onshore gas moratorium and, in particular, an Australia Institute report that found that the government had really overstated the jobs claim when it comes to um, the uh, development of the onshore gas industry. I think it was like something like 80% overclaim or, or some ridiculous um, amount like that. But here we've actually got got independent verification again coming in that you know renewable energy does mean jobs and more so than the fossil fuel sector yeah that's right and um you know if if you look at any any sort of um assessment of job creation in these different sectors like renewable energy is is outperforming um uh fossil fuels across the economy and um you know, a lot of that is to do with construction jobs because there are a very large amount of construction mm-hmm. jobs when you build a new project. So with Star of the South, that's, that's expected to create, you know, up to 2,000 um, construction jobs, um, you know, at various stages of the, the project's um, development. But, yeah, I guess, you know, in thinking about... A, like a, a fair and a just transition, away, you know, we'll say moving from fossil fuels to renewable energy, 
Um, we also need to think beyond just the construction period. And I think that mm. the unions are doing a lot of really good work about that. It's like, okay, so we can get this, you know, this little boom of construction jobs, but where's the, you know, how many ongoing jobs do we have? Like, what's the, what's the ongoing industries? You know, are we manufacturing the components here? Um, are we establishing kind of, um, you know, sort of logistic centres where people are um, employed in operating um, these wind farms and maintaining them. And so I think that that's a, another really important element with offshore wind because it is a new industry. It doesn't exist yet. Mm. So it is an opportunity to, to do it properly and to really maximise the benefits for the community. Um, so that's, you know, looking at things like um, local procurement requirements and stuff like that is going to be really important for the the future success of the industry because we don't want to we don't want to see these new sectors that are good for climate change replicate some of the um, you know I guess the drawbacks of the you know the existing energy and, and that's one of the interesting things I mean as a keen observer of our energy policy happening in Victoria I kind of notice this like the story of our onshore and offshore gas and the story of onshore and offshore wind and you kind mm. of talked a little bit about the offshore wind factor but there are some onshore projects um, particularly around Latrobe Valley um, in particular the Delburn wind project um, that has been um, slated as well um, and I do want to talk about community impacts because I think it, it would be remiss to say that everyone is is uh, totally on board with the uh, the idea of wind farms in the area, but the alternatives mm. like coal have been really devastating to the local community, the local environment, and local health. Yeah, that's right. So um, you know, the Delbert Wind Farm, it's really exciting. If if it goes ahead, it would be the first um, the first wind farm built in the Latrobe Valley. So that's really significant. If you think about um, the region, has been you know, producing electricity from coal for decades. Uh, and, um, you know, to imagine that, you know, we're, we're going to see wind turbines on the horizon overlooking the former Hazelwood coal power plant, like, is a pretty significant um, moment in terms of the region's um, history of electricity generation. Uh, and, yeah, obviously, as the energy system transitions, like, communities like the Latrobe Valley really need to be able to have the opportunity to participate in the renewable energy economy and not kind of be left out of that. Uh, so it's this, this project's really significant for those reasons. Um, obviously, there's a range of views in, in the community. So, there, you know, there, there has been like a fairly um, aggressive anti-wind campaign opposing the project. And, um, you know, that campaign has caused a lot of angst in the community. Um, largely through the use of misinformation and scaremongering. Um, and, um, yeah, I think, you know, what we sometimes see in these situations is if there is a, a, a small group of opponents that um, that whip up a, a bit of fear, it can kind of um, have a silencing effect on the supporters. And so we've, we've been working with um, some of the local supporters in the area for, for some time now and... Um, you know, like I, I really admire the the people that stand up in that community and and um, you know, like say you know say say it how it truly is that you know it's actually a really good project and um, it's not going to kind of be all of the terrible things that it's sort of made out to be and it it, it is quite surprising that the things that um, that people sometimes 
um, uh, predict <laughs> about new um, renewable energy projects. Um, yeah. But yeah, it's it is important to have a bit of perspective around. Well, you know, this area is currently experiencing um, you know the negative health impacts um, from from coal generation. Um, the energy system is changing. The region needs you know needs to be able to benefit from new wind and solar projects. Um, this is a good opportunity. Um, there's different views in the community, some against, and there's there's plenty of people that are for it. Um, maybe not as loudly, but they're you know they're definitely out there. Um, and I think that one of the things that sometimes gets glossed over with this particular project is that um, yeah, there is a very significant um, sort of community benefit scheme that is being built into the project. Um, so, you know, there are a number of ways that the local community will, you know, be directly financially benefiting from from the project's development, which is really important because, you know, like the problem with energy projects, like particularly renewable projects, some in the community sometimes come from when there's inequality between who who benefits. So if one person benefits and someone else doesn't, like if a farmer receives a royalty but the neighbour doesn't have any financial benefit but then has to look at the turbines, that's that's often a source of conflict. So it's really important that developers actually put good programs on the table to, you know, like invest in um, local community projects to ensure that neighbours do have some form of financial benefit uh, to make sure that people can participate in the design of the project and that their feedback really matters. And I think we've seen that with this project. Yeah. And, um, yeah, obviously people have different views, but, um, yeah, there is, there is, there is a, a good level of support in the community. And I think over time people, particularly if it goes ahead and becomes reality, I think that people will see that we'll maybe see the it's benefits not quite as, yeah, yep. people will see the benefits of it and maybe see that it's not quite as bad as some of the, the scare campaigning has made it out to be. Sure. You're, you're listening to 3CR. We're talking to Pat Simons, uh, who is the Yes to Renewables coordinator at Friends of the Earth, working for Renewable Energy. We had hoped to have uh, Wendy Farmer, who uh, is your uh, co-worker there as well on the phone. But unfortunately, we had some uh, technical issues which um, prevented us getting her on the line. I am talking to her on text message, though, so I feel so postmodern right now. Um, and she was saying that, um, you know, it's really important to note that both onshore and offshore wind farms um, really complement each other and that, uh, you know, the uh, the Delburn wind farm is really another piece in the puzzle of Latrobe Valley's energy transition um, and, you know, and a recently opened public submission is uh, underway at the moment and people can um, check out uh, melbournefo.org.au and you'll see there's an article there about that submission process and also links for how to make your own submission. Um, We're fast running out of time, Pat. So I I did want to ask you quickly um, just about the the Star of the South project has really um, move forward in terms of offshore wind, but the federal government's kind of uh, lagging its feet a little bit, um, recently releasing the draft guidelines for the environmental assessment process, um, but it's really laggard in terms of any relevant regulatory framework. Yeah, that's right. And so that's the main barrier to the industry at this point. So we Star of the South is not the only proposal. Uh, now there's, there's now around 12 offshore wind proposals around the country. And they're all being held up 
because the federal government um, has failed to meet its own deadlines to deliver this this legislative framework, which would basically just make it legally permissible to um, to develop an offshore wind project in um, Commonwealth waters. So this has been this has been an ongoing issue for the past couple of years. They said that they were going to deliver it halfway through this year. We haven't seen it eventuate. And um, yeah, we're continuing to campaign. Um, our, our latest action is basically calling out Angus Taylor for uh, his failure to deliver for offshore wind. And we're actually asking um, the Prime Minister to step in and um, you know show leadership on offshore wind, just like the US and the UK, um, and just and get on with delivering these laws. It's got and it's got to be done well as well. You know, we we really need to make sure it's it's a tight framework that works for workers and the community and the environment, but they really do need to get a wriggle on because um, it is holding up a number of these very important projects. Absolutely. And it's such a huge issue as well. I thought it was ambitious to try and fit it into two projects into one show. Um, and, and big apologies to Wendy Farmer, who was going to join us, but we had that technical difficulty because I do appreciate her time um, and her thought on the issue as well. So perhaps we'll schedule in a, a show in the future. We can talk more about um, that kind of uh, opportunity cost, the benefits for the community um, versus, you know, the the potential cost to the environment if we, if we don't do this process properly as as we transition to a renewable energy future. Pat Simons, thank you so much for joining us on the show today. Thanks, Phil. Have a good day. You too, mate. That was uh, Pat Simon, who is the <laughs> Yes to Renewables uh, coordinator at Friends of the Earth's Yes to Renewables campaign. And I will put in the link so about the Delburn Wind project Um and the public submission process that is now open and also the link to that action that Pat just spoke about uh, to get ScoMo to intervene and get Angus Taylor to stop being such a laggard when it comes to the regulatory framework to allow us to have an offshore wind industry. And if you missed any of that conversation, you can always jump onto 3cr.org.au forward slash dirt radio and listen to a podcast, any of our shows. It's perfect. If you are sitting at home with the winter blues, then chuck on your favourite episode of Dirt Radio or any other show on 3CR. And while you're there, subscribe to keep Radical Radio on the air. It is the end of the show, and it's been a great pleasure to be in the studio with you again. Phil Evans signing out for Dirt Radio. Coming up next is Billabong Beats with Gavin, who I'm sure is pretty excited to be back in the studio. So let's go out with a little bit of Monkey Mark, and I shall see you in a week's time. Stay on 3CR Radical Radio.